0: Welcome to Dr. Bingo Fairmont's Management Minute, a podcast on all things management. Dr. Fairmont is unfortunately out of the office today, Uh, so instead it's going to be me, Russell Clayton, and my colleague, Dr. Adam Shoemaker, here to fill in for him today. We're coming to you from St. Leo University's Donald R. Tapia School of Business Recording Studio here in sunny Tampa Bay, Florida. Shu, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Russell. How about yourself? Doing just fine. I'm excited that we overcame our password struggle. Uh, <laughs> for the listener, we forgot the password to the computer, and this podcast today almost didn't happen. That's right, but we did.
1: We're on here now, and before we get started on that management information, I wanted to celebrate the fact that Star Wars Rogue One is coming out sometime in the future. We saw the preview. I'm a big fan. Now Russell's not as big of a fan, but what did you think of that
0: preview, Russell? I'll tell you what, Shu. I really enjoyed the preview. It almost makes me want to watch the movie when it comes out. <laughs> now I gotta confess, you know, I've I've not seen the first Star Wars movie. I've not seen any of the Star Wars movies. This is hard for me to believe. It, it is hard. And I'll tell you what, the backlash I'm sure is significant because the other day I was with my family at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And uh, as you're probably aware, they're making a big push with the Star Wars attractions oh, over yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. Um, a gentleman in a Star Wars, you know, a, a character came walking by, and I snapped a photo of him. I put it on Facebook, and I said, who is this? <laughs> And my friends just lit into me. Turns out it was turns out it was Darth Maul, and they thought uh, it was a quiz. But then you said, "No, really." I, I don't know who exactly this is supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, and I quote from my friend Brad: "I'm ashamed to be your friend right now." So, uh, th- but Rogue One does look awesome. I'll give you that. Well,
1: there is some goodness going on in there. I thought it looked a little formulaic based on The Force Awakens just coming out last fall, and now we've got this. Another heroine, different sort of part of the stage of the timeline, but kind of a little bit formulaic in terms of what they're offering us. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure they'll sell lots of tickets.
0: So... How many interns do you think worked on the Star Wars Rogue One production? That is a great question. You know, Fox got in trouble a couple years ago for not
1: paying their interns. They had to deal with a big lawsuit. And this was on the movie Black Swan, Uh which is not a Star Wars movie. Although it did star Natalie Portman of, of Padme Amidala fame. Yep, so it all comes together sooner or later. It does. Here's the thing. Interns are are a big deal in the industry. They're a big deal in college, right? And I think Mm -hmm. many of our programs here at our university require an internship. Right. So what should students do when they're looking for an internship, and what should companies do in terms of compensating and paying their
0: interns? What do you think about unpaid internships? I'll I'll, I'll draw from my experience as an undergraduate student. I did my internship. I got paid. Now, it was pennies. Yeah. But I got paid. Um, But I do know a lot of students, a lot of my fellow students back in the dark ages when I was going through my program, did unpaid internships. I know a lot of students now who are doing unpaid internships, and we're going to talk about some of those factors at the end of today's podcast that would dictate whether or not they can be paid or unpaid. But I know a lot of students are doing unpaid internships for nonprofits. I know in the sports world that unpaid internships are a big thing. Right now, I'm of the impression that we need to pay our interns.
1: I think you're right. And we read a couple articles about this. Uh, This season of the year, which is spring, right now it's April, people start thinking about these things. You think about summer interns for organizations and internship placements for students. We had an article from Forbes, we had one from Huffington Post, and everybody seems to agree paid internship is the way to go, because otherwise, I mean, you're basically exploiting these people. We're talking about, you know, free work, and that's not what our society was founded on, right? You're taking away jobs from people who might be able to get these entry-level jobs that are being performed by unpaid, you know, student interns or interns at some level. Uh, And then the other thing is, a lot of people say, well, you know, this just really puts the ball in the court of kids or students who can afford hey, you know, I'm not going to make any money, but I'm going to get this great experience. Not everybody can live on no money, you know. Right. It
0: is, if you're running an unpaid internship system, it's a bit biased. Uh, You are missing out on a segment of student who, as you mentioned, for monetary reasons, may not be able to participate in your internship. You're excluding a whole group of people that may have actually benefited your Company.
1: Absolutely. Not to mention the fact that they are responsible, at least here at our university, to pay tuition as a class for the internship experience. So
0: they're kind of getting, you know, double jeopardy. They have to pay
1: to do it and they're not getting paid for the work. So that's not really fair.
0: Now, uh, you know, I think one thing that we should think through and, and talk about here is, you know, our average listener is not the undergraduate student looking for the internship, but rather uh, those who are employed in large organizations, some small business owners. So what are the benefits for those listeners? What are the benefits of them actually hosting an intern and paying them. Well, one thing to consider is it doesn't
1: have to be a traditional nine to five kind of an internship where the intern's sitting at a desk waiting for someone to give him or her something to do, right? And what that means is if you have a special project, you have a one-off, you have a you know a report or a series of reports or some research that needs to get done maybe that's where you use them and students especially your top tier students are great at doing research not only are they good at doing it but they have lots of resources they have their university library they know how to get on the um, the internet look up stuff so that might be a great resource and a great way to leverage that intern even if you don't have a traditional sit at a desk and work 40 hours a week kind of a position open
0: so there, so you're saying their research skills may be a little more on the cutting edge because they are in school whereas most of us are out of school and haven't right. been in school for some time and it's not even so much as the skills as it is the access to resources sure.
1: once you leave the university setting right you don't have maybe a library with all kinds of online journals that you can go to right, right where you're, you're university student maybe does and they can use that and and help you with some of the sources or the information that you need good point the other thing to consider is uh, not everybody is eligible to have a paid internship Mm. Uh, particularly if you're looking at hiring maybe a foreign student or somebody who's here on on an educational visa okay they probably aren't going to be able to get paid so that's if that's the case then obviously you're not going to be able to pay them or if the student says, you know what, I don't need you to pay me. I'm doing this for the experience. I'm not looking for money. You know, I think you should still offer to pay them. But if they say, look, I just want to do it. I want to learn from you because you're the master or you're the greatest company to work for. And hopefully it's going to turn into a job for them, obviously. Right. But they're willing to take that internship responsibility on for that
0: $0. Looking at it from the opposite perspective, there are a lot of companies, a lot of industries where the unpaid internship – has been in in the past has been the norm and for an unpaid internship they're getting two three four hundred applications for an unpaid internship you're right so does, guess- does that system need to change uh should it stay the same I mean it's highly competitive in a system like that people want them. And and I guess
1: the question is, you know, in academia, are we going to rock that boat and say, no, no, you should be paying these interns and have them say, well, let's just not do it anymore and see what you think of that.
0: Yeah, good point. Well, and and I think the thought here to wrap it up, you know, if if Dr. Fairmont were here, uh, he would surely want the listener to be on the up and up according to federal guidelines. What do you think Dr. Fairmont would tell us in terms of, you know, whether or not, you know, if the listener's thinking, I want to hire an intern for the summer, should I pay that intern or not? What would Dr. Fairmont want us to know? Dr. Fairmont would tell us that internships are regulated by the Fair Labor Standards Act, and
1: there are very specific criteria that have to apply, and all there's six of them, and all six of them have to be met in order for an internship to be unpaid or not considered Uh, you know, for minimum wage and and overtime, and etc., under the FLSA. And the six criteria are very specific. I'll just give you some highlights here, but you can go to DOL.gov and see those criteria if you just search for internships. Uh, And the internship number one rule is is what's happening in the internship similar to training that would be given in an educational environment in other words are you just there kind of taking a class or mm-hmm. learning the ropes and if right. that's the case you might have a case for an untern- uh, excuse me an unpaid internship the second one is that the internship is for the benefit of the intern. It's not there because you're trying to squeeze free work out of them. You're right. there to teach them and help them learn and get skills better and, and get more marketable. It truly
0: is about the intern.
1: Exactly. Uh, number three is one, uh, and three and four are ones that have really hit a lot of organizations hard in terms of legal cases. And the third one is. The intern can't displace regular employees. So, in other words, it's not something where, hey, we can hire you for free. I'm going to either fire somebody that I have doing this or not hire somebody that I should hire to do this for money. And number four, maybe most important, and this is the one that gets challenged a lot in court, is Uh, The employer is giving this internship and is not getting any specific and immediate advantage from the activity of the intern, meaning, you know, hey, we're letting them get their feet wet, we're kind of watching over them, we're letting them try stuff, but... It's not like they're creating content for us or doing chores for us. And I think a lot of times interns get tasked with right. stuff that actually is adding value to the organization and, and probably should be paid.
0: It sounds like by the letter of that law there that, you know, if the intern is a game changer, there is an immediate advantage based from the intern's work. Seems like from the FS, uh, FLSA standpoint that, point four has been violated if the intern's a game changer gotta pay them
1: and that's the one i think that particularly with the fox searchlight case a couple years ago on black swan right that cost them a lot of money because they did have interns adding value doing stuff that needed to be done making the movie better and they didn't pay them and and mm. now they have in the tune of millions of dollars can we get in on some of that i think it's too late Mm. maybe next time okay maybe we'll do it for star wars rogue one if we can I like it. (laughs) Well, we'd like to thank you for listening today. We encourage you to send in your topics if you have something that you'd like uh, Dr. Clayton and I to discuss, or even Dr. Fairmont, if we can get him in here. I'd like to thank St. Leo University, uh, the Donald R. Tapia School of Business, our sound engineer today, Mr. Sean Gibbons. Thank you, Sean. And uh, if you see Dr. Fairmont, tell him we're looking for him.